0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today.
1: I've actually been really clear that I think that Israel has waged, now we're on day 52 uh, campaign that is not a military campaign, but what is very clearly an ethnic cleansing campaign that has not achieved any military advantage. After 52 days and an incredible humanitarian toll of 14,800 deaths, including 6,000 children, 4,000 women, 36,000 injured, 60 journalists, where my colleague Moin Rabani points out that Israel has killed more UN staffers than Hamas leaders. They have not Achieved anything through that uh, through that campaign, that onslaught of what legal scholars and genocide scholars has described as genocidal. In fact, the, the agreement that they had just agreed to, in terms of the exchange of hostages uh, for hostages, many of these Palestinians should be understood as hostages, as they were, they not they're not prisoners. They did not have adequate due process.
0: That, of course, uh, the spokesperson for Hamas, Nora Erekat on MSNBC, wait, hold on, N- not the spokesperson for Hamas, but quote-unquote human rights lawyer. Oh, uh, you, you, you can understand my confusion. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Joy Reed has uh, this person on as a guest and just sits there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What genocidal group engages a ceasefire? Once you ask that question and you realize that the only possible answer the only possible answer uh, that can be given is one of just, uh, well, you know, I, I think I've, I, I, I have a better way of saying it, but I, I, I can't come up with it right now. How in the world would I say it? Oh, that's right. What genocidal power engages a ceasefire? And the people who engaged in acts of terrorism in Israel, stabbings and other things, those are hostages? This is a spokesperson for Hamas. And MSNBC is allowing this freely. I wonder if Joe Scarborough will make note of that. Sometimes you got to make notes of things uh, your friends do. And um, I'm a... I'm one of those people, and I'm going to have to do that today because a decision got made that I don't get. It's not that I have serious opposition. It's that it just doesn't make any sense. I'll get to that coming up. 11 more hostages were released, nine of them children. The, truce, uh, the ceasefire, I should say, between Israel and Hamas being extended another two days. There's also a push to have it extended even longer. Israel said, we'll extend every day. You release another 10... Uh, another 10 of uh, of our people. Hamas now saying, well, we're re- we'll release the men and the soldiers too, but no more fighting, all done. No more fighting, all done. Well, that's an interesting idea. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's get to what this ceasefire brings. You get, if you're Israel, you get these people back. If you're Hamas, you get a chance to rearm and go about killing Jews again. That's that's where we're at. I mean, MSNBC could put all of their uh, Hamas supporters uh, up all they want. It doesn't change reality. But let's always go to the lowest common denominator when these people engage. You want to argue that... Hamas, all right, begrudgingly will say they're a terrorist organization, even though you don't really feel that way. Uh, they're freedom fighters, whatever it is. You have to understand that Israel led them to it. Israel brought them to it. Israel is the enemy. Uh, okay, what if I say, okay, you're right. Israel is 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 just as evil. That's what you want to say. Okay, let's let's play your game. Let's play the game to the very end. If you believe that, that Israel is awful, and you believe Hamas is awful. Well, these people don't believe Hamas is awful. They believe that Hamas are a bunch of freedom fighters. But we believe that Hamas is awful, and they believe that Israel is awful. Isn't the answer, we'll let them fight? No one's better than the other, according to, to these people. So let them fight. They don't believe in that. They would never believe and let them fight. Well, the problem is Israel gets all this American help and all this American military. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just said that everybody was terrible. You said Israel was terrible. We're saying Hamas is terrible. Let them fight. Now you're saying it's unfair? When they are pushed, they will admit through the inability to speak that the only acceptable result is dead Jews and Israel gone understand who it is you're dealing with and understand what it is that they want joy reed allowed a hamas supporter to speak unabashedly on her show joy reed allowed this smiled while it happened or at least didn't mock <laughs> did it all right maybe she wasn't holding up pom-poms and cheering but you just allowed this like somehow it's an intellectual pursuit. The IDF has not achieved anything, but is genocidal. What does that actually mean? And would we agree that the IDF has not achieved anything? Says who? It seems to me that the IDF was able to drop enough bombs to Hamas and disrupt Hamas enough that they had to call for a ceasefire and are now willing to give up hostages, kids that they kidnapped, women that they kidnapped, whom they didn't happen to rape or murder. And I have no idea if these women were raped or not. So maybe via the concept of a ceasefire as it is, we could state that yes, indeed, the IDF has achieved many things but i want to go over this one more time there's something very important here uh to to note from uh this uh, so-called human rights lawyer
1: Very clearly an ethnic cleansing campaign that has not achieved any military advantage after 52 days and an incredible humanitarian toll of 14,800 deaths, including 6,000 children, 4,000 women, 36,000 injured, 60 journalists. Where do you get your numbers? You get them from Hamas.
0: You believe that stuff? You believe Hamas? The Gaza Health Ministry is run by Hamas. You believe Hamas? Hamas engaged a ceasefire with Israel and has already broken the ceasefire. Three different explosive devices. Israelis hurt and Israelis are still honoring the ceasefire. That's Hamas. Now you want me to believe their numbers? Are you out of your mind? Joy Reid could not be found for comment because she also believes the Hamas numbers. There is a group that did an independent review of the allegation that Israel, that Israel blew up a hospital. Remember that? Remember the whole conversation uh, uh, about this? And uh, the, the, the hospital was bombed and look what Israel did. And then it turns out the hospital's still standing. A bomb hit the parking lot next to it. Oh, and it didn't come from Israel. It came from Gaza because these people don't know how to make rockets. They also really don't know how to make hospitals nor schools, and they certainly don't care about running water. But that's not the story right now. You have got a group called Human Rights Watch, which has concluded via an investigation... That the explosion at the hospital, quote, resulted from an apparent rocket propelled munition, such as those commonly used by Palestinian armed groups that hit hospital grounds. It was Rashida Tlaib who said that Israel attacked a hospital, the congresswoman from Michigan, the Jew hating bigot that she is. And then when met with evidence, which was already out, she doubled down on it. And I don't believe to date she has ever deleted the tweet or ever apologized. The squad doubled down on it. But of course it didn't happen the way they said it did. They lie, they get caught in the lie, and then they lie about something else. They don't actually care. It means nothing to them. They're happy to do it. Why? Because it doesn't matter what they say. The objective is the destruction of Israel, and they'll do anything to make that happen, including ginning people up, including getting a media to lie. Which, of course, is the biggest part of the conversation. Why is the media so involved in a position as opposed to a reporting? This was over at Semaphore. Where the story is, is that leaders of the union representing the Wall Street Journal sent a letter to the parent union, which is the News Guild, noting journalists are afforded protected status in war zones and uh, appearing to take a side could block reporters from attending briefings or speaking to officials. Now, why in the world would a reporter have to tell, would a union have to tell their union heads, hey, don't take a side? Because there are people out there in the union who are pushing for the union To release a statement supporting a ceasefire in Gaza. You're journalists. Your job is to report. Now, Joy Reid is not a journalist. In the same way, I am not a journalist. I may report news. I may break news from time to time. But I do commentary. Journalism is something different. It's supposed to be respected. It's very hard to do these days. I'm with you. But why do we have journalists who want to put out a position that Israel should do X or this should happen or that? That's not their job. That's not their role. Why do they think that it is? Why do they think that it's their job to have an opinion on this and somehow engage a level of influence on this when that's not their job? Why do they do this? Why do they get involved? Well, getting involved has become the raison d'etre. You can go back to Trump, certainly you can go back to earlier. Remember, they said they were going to go against their journalistic principles in order to save the country and keep us from electing Trump in 2016. And then in 2017, the New York Times had the audacity to say, okay, now we're back to journalism. Oh, is that right? We haven't seen it yet, New York Times. We're waiting. It's not all the news that's fit to print. It's all the news you fit in the print. There's a difference. They felt that they and only they could really save us from ourselves. If you want to talk about the total disaster that is education, I'll get into more into education. I've got a whole thing to get to. I'll get to that in a little bit. But they've been taught not to be journalists. They've been taught to be activists, that the activism is the only way to decency. And they've been taught that somehow equivocation is a value every rational mind knows that hamas is a terrorist organization why in the world would you engage equivocation regarding hamas and israel that is different than whether or not israel does anything everything that you like israel might do many things you don't like but the goal of israel is not to destroy hamas the goal of hamas is to destroy israel are we questioning this basic data point But the answer for the so-called human rights lawyers (laughs) is Israel, I say Israel has the right to exist. You say Hamas are somehow the good guys. I say let them fight it out. You then say, well, Israel shouldn't be allowed to do that. It's not fair. You're right. It's not fair. Hamas is going to get their ass kicked. It's going to be brutal. Uh, Is it going to be a pay-per-view? I would like to get some popcorn for this one. And then you complain and you scream and you moan how it's not fair this and it's not fair that because you are admitting that the only thing that you see is fair is a country's eradication. The problem is those of us here in the United States, Jews and non-Jews alike, we understand what that means. We understand that the argument being made by this, in my view, Hamas spokesperson is not about Jews or Israel because anybody who thinks it ends there is out of their head it ends with the end of western civilization thank goodness there are Christians out there who understand what's at stake because there are still way too many Jews who don't cracking through uh, that liberal skull is, is difficult but I'm working on it I swear I'm working on it as fast as I can But if you think this stops with Israel, you do not understand the game plan. What do you think we're seeing across the United States? What do you think this whole oppressed oppressor thing is all about? This is the 99% and the 1%. This is the proletariat and the bourgeoisie. This is Marxism and it exists on your college campus joyfully and in your halls of Congress joyfully. You let Hamas win? Man, you are asking for a world of hurt in your backyard. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is up 133, the NASDAQ up 40. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today I'll get more into. The economy, Dr. Matt Will, set to join us. Um, are we going to see interest rates go down? Well, if wishful thinking makes it true. Then, then maybe. But no, I had to share with you the most. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say that this is the most insane thing that one has ever heard. That's that's a bit of hyperbole. But this from the Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona is nuts. And when you hear it, you're gonna say, wait, there's no way that this progressive, Miguel Cardona, just said that in that way, and we're supposed to somehow not notice. Here is what the secretary of education talking about education department priorities, Miguel Cardona, here is what he said. You know, we're gonna set up follow-up calls with every governor we met with to make sure we're available. Um, as uh, I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Um, there's, there are resources there, there's technical assistance there, and there's a playbook that could support the work you're doing. Did, did he just really quote Reagan? And did he quote him in that way? I think it was President Reagan said, we're from the government. We're here to help. Now, anybody who knows anything about Reagan has spit their coffee out on their steering wheel. They've dropped their lunch and they're screaming right now in their office. Because they know that's not what Ronald Reagan said. What Ronald Reagan said was much different, even though it was those words. Ronald Reagan, back in 1986, said this. I think you all know that I've always felt the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. You see the difference, right? You clearly understand the difference. So what is Miguel Cardona doing? Either he is a willful, wanton liar a fraud amongst frauds or the education secretary is a dope. These are the options. I'm going with the former. I think that I'm gonna put my bet on the former that when he's quoting Reagan, he knows that he's manipulating what Reagan said. He knows it. I'm from the government and I'm here to help is not a, a, a good thing, it's frightening. This is exactly the difference. You want to know why I'm not a progressive? It's because progressives think that government is the source of good. And I think that we are the source of good. If government is a source of good, then government can decide. Then people can't be trusted. Government has to take more power from the people. But a government of, by, and for the people means the people decide. And that creates more value. Certainly more safety, more security. More opportunity for longevity. This is the difference. Oh, and the idea that Cardona could even rank against Ronald Reagan is precious. But are we about to see interest rates go down, or is this just wishful thinking? Dr. Matt Will joins us next. This is Tony Katz today. we talk often about the economy and every time i talk to economists like dr matt will i'm reading the wall street journal i'm hearing from the people at at fox business with charles Payne, who we have on the show from time to time and others there's nothing that signals to me that everything is going in the right direction although we have seen a cooling of inflation that does not mean we've seen the end of inflation it doesn't mean that we've seen an an end to the increase uh, in prices. It doesn't mean that we're going to be seeing any rate cuts anytime soon. That's not what it means. I think we're still seeing it. I think we're still experiencing it. And I have no reason to think it's going to end anytime soon. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Appreciate him taking the time, stepping outside to have the conversation. Dr. Matt Will on the X Twitter box. It's the Wall Street Journal that put out this story that the interest rate futures indicated that there is a 52 percent chance that the federal reserve will lower rates by at least a quarter of a percentage point by its may 2024 policy meeting and by the end of 2024 rates might be down from where they are right now by nearly a full percent is this wishful thinking well tony i don't know that it's wishful thinking what the wall street
2: journal is simply doing is reporting on what the futures market believes and the futures markets can be confusing to most folks because they're what we call derivatives. Um, but they're very, they, they have a good track record in history of predicting the future. Of course, that's what they're called futures. And there is now investors, buyers and sellers. Some believe rates are going up. Some believe rates are going down, but the current indication in the futures market, is that there's a 52% chance, as you said, of rates going down next year. Am I one of that 52%? No, but I can tell you that it is now more than a majority of investors that do think, believe, wish, desire, I don't know what you want to use it, and you know what word, that rates will go down.
0: Well, that's just it. Believe and wish can't be in the same conversation. Believe is, well, here are some indicators that make me think this will happen. And wish is, I kneel down by my bed at night and say, dear Lord, do me a favor. I need my 401k to grow. Will you please bring rates down? Those are two different (laughs) things, sir.
2: (laughs) You You are correct. But people that buy and sell securities, people who are investors, are people. They have psychology, they have sentiment, they have beliefs. And, you know, my interpretation of the data is that the market is not gonna be cutting rates because Jerome Powell told me, he told the world, I'm not cutting rates anytime soon. If I have to, I'll be holding them here for long term. So I think that the majority of the people in the market now are ignoring the data and they're ignoring what Jerome Powell thinks because of wishful thinking. So, no, you're correct. They sit down at night and pray, but they're wrong, in my opinion.
0: Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, you've got some people at the Fed saying that the policy in place right now is the right policy to bring down uh, inflation. You've got the White House that says inflation is down. Um, is, is, I mean, But that's their argument. Their argument is we were flat month over month, so therefore inflation is down. Aren't you lucky? Why do you laugh at that? I
2: laugh because the White House just it, they just can't admit reality. They ignore it. The Fed we we talked about this just last week. The we had 1 month. Good. 1 month. Let's see what happens next month. And the Fed is in the in the mode where they said even when inflation is under control and it's not. The White House is lying to you, Tony. They're lying. Inflation is not under control. The Fed says if it gets under control they will hold interest rates stable. I believe the Fed, I take them at their word.
0: So now let's take exactly what you said and now let's apply a headline to it. This is CNBC, earlier today, Amazon touts record-breaking sales in kickoff to holiday shopping season. They say that the period November 17th to Cyber Monday marked its quote, Biggest ever, unquote, holiday shopping event compared to the same 11-day stretch last year. Is comparing something to last year a sign that everything is better?
2: No. First of all, last year was not something I would ever compare myself to. I compare myself to maybe 2019. But also, there's another report that Amazon has overtaken UPS and FedEx as the biggest delivery company in the world. So what does that tell you? There's a shift. It's merely a shift. So part of the gain in Amazon is people shifting their buying habits from certain uh, retailers to Amazon. So their growth does not mean growth in the economy. Their growth means growth in Amazon.
0: You just said something I think that struck as Wait, What was that again? Amazon is now larger as a delivery company than UPS and FedEx?
2: Yes. Yes. That was uh, this report came out uh, last week. And they've now overtaken both of those companies.
0: Because they have their own trucks. That's, your that's, that's, game. they're doing it for themselves. They're not doing it for others. Correct. Okay. Just want but to make what sure did that I tell you about the
2: size it. of Amazon? Amazon is so large that their own delivery scale is more significant than their competitors who deliver for everybody else. That's a scary thought of a consolidation of power in one company.
0: That is going to be a scary thought uh, in terms of investment in UPS and, and, and FedEx, for sure. But let's go back to this conversation regarding... Um, the 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 futures and the reduction of, of interest rates. Um, I, I would like to see interest rates go down. I certainly uh, uh, w- hope uh, that that it happens, but hope is, is not a strategy. Um, what is it that in when you speak to economists who think they will go down? What do they believe that the strategy is? The current uh, policies of the Fed or the current policies of the administration?
2: I don't I don't know of any academic economists who I'm not fans of that believe rates are going to be going down anytime soon. What I see is people on wall street, 52% of them. let's keep this clear. This isn't everybody who very much believe they're going to go down hoping, and this is, I do mean the word hope, hoping that by their strong 52% opinion that they can persuade the fed to cut rates. That's what they're doing. I think they're wrong. That's my analysis is different. I don't know of anybody that's putting in a data-driven analysis on the table to justify rate cuts.
0: To what extent is the Fed persuadable by business? You know what?
2: I don't think they are. I have been impressed not by the policy of, let's say, Bernanke and Yellen, but I've been impressed with their independence. And I have seen, well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'll say it with their independence. And, and Jerome Powell is, I think, more independent than his two predecessors. So I, I don't think they're persuadable. I, I think this is just really Wall Street folks who we've talked about as being interest rate addicts who, who are simply trying to do anything they can to persuade the Fed to cut rates so that they can make money off of that. That's all it is
0: get into a conversation with me talking to dr matt will economist at the university of indianapolis um one of the things joe biden is is talking about as he is focused on on re-election but he is engaging himself and inserting himself into the business world and he does it on, on two subjects as of late um the idea of junk fees right uh, and 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 price gouging he's been talking about this a, a, a lot and certainly there would be some people would be very thrilled to see some of the nonsense fees that are here there and everywhere Disappear, but that that comes at at a great cost. If you want government getting involved in 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 this way, is there anything from an economic point of view where business people or economists like yourself are looking at these things from the Biden administration and saying this is going to make a real real difference?
2: Oh, I think it'll make a difference in the wrong direction. I believe that his focus on fees are causing problems for the economy. They're disrupting the invisible hand of the free market. And that is wrong. That is what causes economies to shrink. It's what causes businesses to go out of business. It's what causes GDP to drop. You you can't, the free market must be free. There's no old guy sitting in the White House that can control the economy. And if he thinks he he's delusional.
0: Well, he might very well be uh, delusional, um, but that doesn't mean that he isn't moving in this direction. But there's, there's no consensus that if the administration did uh, X, like got rid of junk fees, that somehow this would really free up markets and this would really uh, allow for growth. This is, this is very much uh, small ball politics as opposed to large economic policy.
2: It's socialism. It has zero to do with economics. I mean, if a bank can't make money on spread, which is the amount that they charge um, on loans versus what they pay in deposits, they have to make their money somewhere. So they make it on overdraft fees, convenience fees, loan origination fees. That's what the the banking industry is right now. So Joe Biden wants to control that. He and his administration have already screwed up the banking sector through their bailout of SVB, and they're controlling who's successful and not successful. And now they want to go more into it. They're doubling down on running banks. Who, who in your listening audience would like Joe Biden to run the banks of our country?
0: Well, you, you want to ask that question? Yes.
2: I question their sanity if they say they want Biden to run the banks instead of professional bankers. A guy who's lived his entire life in Washington, D.C., knows more about banking and and his staff, which is probably a, you know a bunch of... Of people in liberal arts degrees who know nothing about finance and economics you want them to run you want them to run the banks of our country instead of professional bankers who have spent their whole lives doing it
0: i, I think you'd be you'd be surprised to learn their answer uh dr matt will economist at the university of indianapolis i appreciate you taking the time to be with us more is coming up on tony katz The United Nations wants the United States to eat less meat. Well, I'll tell them what they can eat. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. You didn't hear anything. 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony. Um, This uh, is just another in a series of mantras going after uh, people living their lives. and You should be eating bugs and not cows. The failure of leading meat and dairy companies to reduce emissions underlines the urgent need for more policy focus on the food and agriculture sector. This, according to some nonsense merchant who works with the UN. Food system emissions deserve a place at the top of the table alongside energy and transportation as they represent an estimated third of greenhouse gas emissions and 40% of methane. Also, uh, they contribute a tremendous amount to food. These people are opposed to food. Now, this all goes back to something that's been happening around the country for years, something called Meatless Monday. Where the, the leftists got together and said, you shouldn't eat meat on a Monday because it's bad for the environment. Something about social justice and, and people bought into this. Cities have bought into this. My beloved Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana, and maybe your city as well, bought, bought into this years ago. And they passed a resolution... About this, uh, they're going to have Meatless Monday. Now, if you've never been to downtown Indianapolis, the amount of steakhouses, like the famous St. Elmo's Steakhouse, uh, oddly enough, famous for its shrimp cocktail, but it's an ex- oh, it's an experiential place. It is just so old school, great experience. And I say this clearly: there are better steaks in America, uh, but experience is it's it's stellar, and the steak is fine. Uh, it's just it's just it's just great. There are so many places, burgers. Uh, oh my gosh! So many good spots to get a burger, and here is here is is Indianapolis saying don't eat meat on a Monday. So years ago, uh, doing I do mornings in in Indianapolis. Uh, I started every Monday we celebrate Meatless Monday, and I would highlight a steak place, and I would play, and I, I I I still do it. I still do it to this day. I play this song:
1: Cooking a steak, wouldn't it be great? You could be my mate. Cooking a steak For goodness sake Will you please be my mate And come and cook a steak Steak
0: And then I remind people what Meatless Monday is And how the uh, council there The city council in Indianapolis Is a bunch of of, of ridiculous uh, Ridiculous children And then we'd highlight a different restaurant Every week Been doing it for years Well now here comes the UN The UN wants in on this Your problem is you eat food and that creates emissions and emissions are bad. So therefore, wait for it. Food is bad. Well, Tony, they're just saying that if we had less of it, it would be. You have less of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not going to tell anybody to have less of it. Just as a matter of clarity, we have dominion over the cows. I don't care if the people of PETA like it or not I'm not telling them they have to eat a cow I'm saying we have dominion over the cows now if if you object to that that's fine you can object to that you can object to reality from now until the end of time knock yourself out Go ahead. We have dominion over the cows and over the chickens and over the turkeys, over the venison. We have dominion. Now, we also have dominion over the crickets. And if you want to eat crickets, my advice to you is find something that you can dip them in. OMG. Are you kidding me right now? I, I am not. I can't imagine eating just, you know, Crickets with no dipping sauce. It's going to be right there next to Raising Cane's, Raising Crickets. You want to eat a cricket? Eat a cricket. I'm not here to tell you how to live. Why are you telling me how to live? Because you're absolute obsession with global warming that you've been wrong about for decades and climate change that you've been lying about for decades has got you to the point where somehow I shouldn't feed my family, kiss off. And that's exactly what you're going to hear from third world countries that are told that somehow they can't feed their starving kids because some first world or freak child living in Manhattan thinks it's wrong that you're putting out any level of emissions at all, which is really what they oppose. See, your existence is the emission. They're never really honest about their desires, are they? Eat steak, enjoy. This is Tony Katz today.